0: Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. This is your host, Brianna Scroggins, and today I have my husband with us again, Mason Scroggins. We're coming at you from our home, and today we're going to be talking about education. So we promised to bring you a series on education come August, and we are being faithful to do that. We plan on doing a three-part series. It may end up going longer. Um, I think we both have a whole lot to say in regards to education I have more notes for these podcasts than I've had for any other podcast, so narrowing it down is going to be quite complicated, but we're going to try to bring it to you in three episodes, which will get us through the month of August, Um, but if there's anything you would like to hear, please reach out to us either on our website or on our Instagram. I'm going to try to share as much as I can this month as far as education goes because I know we've had a lot of people reach out to us about resources and specifically homeschool information. So we're going to try to share things that we don't necessarily share in depth on this podcast through like our Instagram story. So be on the lookout for that and please reach out if you have any questions or topics or anything you'd like for us to discuss when it comes to education. So, Let's just start today. We're gonna be talking about why education is important. And when we talk about anything here on House to Home, we're viewing this from the lens of the home. So we're looking at this through the home. So why is education important in general? But of course, here at House to Home, we care about the home. And so we're gonna be talking about why education in the home specifically is important. But we can't do that without first knowing what education is. So Mason, do you wanna just kind of give us kind of your definition Mm -hmm. or a definition of what is education so that we can go from here forward.
1: Yeah, I don't have a strict definition because education encompasses so much, but maybe it's helpful to just start with what education is not so much. I think one of the biggest misconceptions with education is that education is filling up something and that's just not so much what mm-hmm. education is. It's not filling up an empty vessel. It's more so working with the material that's already there. Right. So education wouldn't be filling up a vessel. It would be making the vessel. It'd be the moist clay shaping it into a beautiful vessel. It would be kind of the shaping and molding of a soul, of a person's mind, um, of all of their being, bringing that along in the process towards something else. So we could talk about what the goals of education are, what it's going towards, but education at its most basic root is the the molding and shaping and the process of forming something into a different shape more so than a filling up. I think that's yeah. the, the big thing to get with education is that it's kind of a, a turning ar- around, it's reorientation, it's all of those things. It's not so much... Um, like I've said, like three times now, <laughs> filling up.
0: <laughs> right. No, that's good. And I, I think about even the scripture of God being like the molder and the clay. And of course, he is going to help shape us and mold us when it comes to education, especially viewing that in a Christ-centered, gospel-centered way. So we'd like to talk about why education is important in this podcast. There's so many reasons why education is is important. Are there some things that you would like to touch to narrow that down? I mean, I have lots of things.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, it's where it gets complicated because right off the bat, you have to ask what is the goal of education? Where are you going with the education, the, the pupil, the student? What's your purpose there? Is it to get that kid a job, to get that student a job? Is it for them to just be the smartest person in the room? I think that we just have a lot of confusion mm-hmm. about what is education for What's the goal? And when I start thinking about education, I think pretty far back. I mean, I've been studying a lot of the classics. So I'm going all the way back right. to Plato when I'm thinking about what education is. And I think that most people should if they're going to start thinking about this. And Plato saw education through the lens of the polis. So polis just means city in the Greek. So in Plato's mind and in the classical understanding of education. Education was the orientation of a soul towards the city. How, how does that person fit into the whole? And the city was kind of just um, the idea of just the community, the group of people don't think so much like the city of New York or Chicago or right. Evansville, whatever. Um, Basically
0: your, community, right, your the community, the people that you're around. What,
1: what makes up this group of people um, and where do you fit into it? So the goal of education was really just to bring forth men, that would develop into good citizens and contribute to the greater whole. So the goal of a Platonic education is just basically to create just men. And in that sense, that just word um, to Plato would basically mean something like um, a virtuous man, an excellent or perfectly formed human. Um, And that, that human, that person would then fit into the city to contribute to the greater good. And, this isn't too horribly far off um, where some of education has gotten today. I think a lot of times today, like we think about education kind of orienting students towards the economy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something of what education should be, but it's, I think, it's too fiscally yeah. narrowed. It's mostly towards money and making all those cogs work smoothly. It's not so much orienting the individual soul and, Developing a virtuous human being—it's right. more so. How do we make this thing make bank?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's more. I think of a, a self, self-centered um, in the wrong way. Right. Because <laughs> right. we're going to talk about how this basically creates um, a whole being, a full being, a contented being. I guess you could say. Talking about the self there, but we have to remember. So, and I don't know if we're going to get into this yet, but Plato was pre-Christ. And there was this longing, there was this huge, it was like he was so close, but not yet there because Christ had not come. But now we have Christ. And so now everything that we are doing and everything that Plato and all of these classical people, their line of thought here, um, they wanted, you know, the just, the just humans, the just men, like you were talking about. But now um, Christ has came, he's fulfilled all of that, and we're doing all of that for the glory of God. You know, the chief end of man comes to mind. We do it all for um, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And I think education falls in step with that as well. Right. Free people. I would kind of like to talk about that. You kind of touched it. Education, I think, is helping us to fulfill our calling. If you're getting a true education, you're not just... Um, getting people, like you said, to make a lot of money or to just do the right things, but to enjoy doing the right things, to kind of hunger and thirst after justice is what John Ruskin says in his quote. And I should probably read that. It says, "...the entire object of true education is to make people not merely do the right things, but enjoy the right things, not merely industrious, but to love industry." not merely learned, but to love knowledge, not merely pure, but to love purity, not merely just, but to hunger and thirst after justice. And so I think there's kind of a fulfillment there in their calling as human beings, like you're saying, to be a part of the polis, to be a part of the city, of the community or your circle of influence. Um, Education is helping create free, truly free individuals.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's important too that, that individuals have a common goal, um, that they're all working towards the same thing. Because if you're going to have. And, and let me back up. In Plato's mind, the soul was a reflection of the city, and the city was a reflection of the soul. So the soul was kind of a microcosm of what a city would look like. So a sick soul would result in a sick city because a right. bunch of sick people, I mean that that's what a city is made of people. So when you have a corrupt city is when you have a bunch of people that have um, disoriented minds, they have believed untruth, they've believed lies. And when you have a bunch of people that don't have their minds and their hearts and all of their being locked in on one common goal, chaos ensues. You just have disorder. So it's really important um, to get the goals of education, right? Which I don't know if you would planned on talking about, like, the transcendentals or not, but that goes back to education and the goals, too. Like, the goal is to be working towards becoming. Um, you're becoming the true, the good, and the beautiful. So you're working on the spectrum of being, and you're moving closer and closer to what is true being, what is truth, what is real, what is reality.
0: Right. And we kind of... <sighs> So a lot of these, I feel like some of these terms are just going to be hard for people or like these ideas are going to even be hard for people to grasp. But that's that's kind of, That's kind. why we're talking about it. That's yeah. what we hope. We don't have um, a long time to talk about it. I mean, we could, but this isn't just an education podcast. But we talked a little bit about the true, the good, and the beautiful, even in just last the last episode that we put out. On beautiful women and that was almost kind of a segue we'll talk about it a little bit more today and then in the next podcast we're going to talk about specifically why is classical education important where we'll talk a lot about the good the true and the beautiful there as well yeah um so yeah we definitely and i don't know how much you want to get into those today we could get into more than i have down um we're I want to really explain them in the next one so yeah. that people, because it is, it's a hard thing to grasp. And so everything we say here, guys, one, we don't know everything about everything. Um, we're giving you what we know in order to help you have a desire to learn. And um, we hope that you take what we what we say here and that you run with these resources for your own personal life and your own personal walk um, in education and walk with the Lord, but also for your home's sake. As well, So take what we say here and run with it because, again, there's tons of resources out there, and we'll give you some more of these where you can dive into more of what we're saying. I kind of wanted to talk about Plato's coming out of the cave, too.
1: Yeah, and the whole purpose of talking about it, too, just to add what you were saying to what you were saying, um, most of the people listening probably have kids or are about to have kids or will one day have children and you're learning things too along with your journey so it's important to understand how this relates to the home i think that we've just really got sidetracked on what education is i think going back to what i've said several times before we kind of just think education is just swallowing facts and filling up our tank of knowledge and that's just not so much what education is education is more of a exercising of a muscle Um, than it is uh, a filling up. So for your kids and for yourself and all the people in your home, it's important to know what you're doing when you're sending your kids off to school, when you're deciding to even to homeschool. You might even have made the decision to homeschool and still not have really sat down and contemplated what it means to educate a soul. And I think it's really important to get that down pat for yourself and for your children, because it's really, really going to set you up for success and really liberation. As we mm-hmm. talked about, uh, education really does free the soul in the sense that it it prepares you to encounter life. Reality is going to hit you in the face because you're a human and because you're in the real world. And when reality comes and washes over you, a good liberal education is going to be preparing you to know what to do in those situations. It's going to equip you. It's not just going to give you a couple skills to make some money in the world because you can still be a complete failure in this world, even though you know how to make some money. Um, You can still be a really miserable person. And now this isn't to say that education is the fix all. It doesn't make you a, completely whole human being in the way that Christ can. But education and knowing who Christ is really are connected. And maybe yeah. we can get into that more in a minute. But just understanding all of that, I think, is just really important to the home. To to get education in the home is going to bless your family.
0: Yeah, it is. And communication in your home and in life in general is like one of the most important things. You talk all day long. You communicate with people all day long in different ways. And a a hefty education, like you were talking about souls, filling up these souls in our home, whether it's our soul or our children's souls, um, helping them to have fat, healthy souls, you know, and fat, healthy minds that are able to hold a good education and hold true knowledge and virtue will help them communicate better to those around them. If you have little kids at home or you've had little kids, you know that they get really frustrated when they don't know how to communicate what they feel. And sadly, there's too many adults out there that do the same thing. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to articulate what they're trying to say. emotional
1: intelligence.
0: Yeah. And and so we do. We end up having a very emotional world and a very emotional economy because we don't know how to articulate our feelings. We don't know how to articulate the things that are in our mind. So when we have a good, robust education, we're able to communicate facts, feelings, virtues, wisdom, all of those things easier. Um, And it makes it easier to get along in life Mm. as well. You know, we definitely like I want to raise children that can communicate um, their feelings that can even sway that can argue, you know, like kids that can hold a conversation and not check out because they feel intimidated or check out because they don't know or check out because they get emotional or it's just something they don't believe in. I want kids that can basically hold their ground resilient. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, that's really important, the communication side of it, because you're right. People just tend to break down when they don't have the tools to know how to engage other people. And going back to the platonic idea of education, you're you're going to have a sick city when you have right. people that don't know how to work with one another. Mm-hmm. And if all of education is just oriented towards the individual and not towards the whole, then you get sick. Yeah. And vice versa. Like if it's just towards the whole and it has nothing to do with the individual, then the individual seems to be forgotten as well. So mm-hmm. getting that balance is really important. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause you don't want to be the type of person that either lashes out or gives up because you can't communicate well and education will help you to do that. And, um, we were talking about this at dinner. It's kind of like, um, an awakening. There's people use different words. i I like the, the word awakening, like coming to the knowledge, um, education is not just filling, you know, a bucket, filling a brain with facts, like Mason said, but it's more awakening your soul and awakening your mind. And it really, truly is like that. I have found that probably from eh, high school, maybe college on a real awakening slowly as I'm learning and learning. And I know now like this will be something that I'm going to be doing from now till the time I die. I'm going to be slowly awakening my mind. And it's because it's almost, it's like, you didn't know that, but you kind of did. It's like an
1: exercise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because you're getting, you, it's like you, that some of these things were in there. A lot of these things were in there, but you truly are becoming more awake to them. Your eyes are being opened to them more and more. And it's not just age. Um, it just, you know, all depends on who you are and your circumstances and how much you're willing to put forth effort and all of that.
1: Yeah, because if you, if you take some r- really high, lofty, philosophical jargon and dump it on someone and start getting really, really deep, that person's going to check out mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. One, because they're just not ready to have that conversation because their mind isn't there. But also they yep. haven't been trained to even know how to get there. So what, what a good education does is it treats every individual as if they have that possibility of one day getting there and it gives them the the dignity and respect to equip them to ask questions, to ask, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And they're not embarrassed about asking the question because it's not, you shouldn't be embarrassed about things you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more embarrassing, I think, um, to act like you know what you're talking about and just nod your head. Yeah. I mean it, you, you'll end up really cheating yourself out of a lot more freedom in life if you don't just ask questions, if you don't yeah. just take that step and say I don't really understand what you mean. And a good education is going to teach you to be able to engage people that are way more intelligent than you are. Um and it doesn't mean that you'll not get there, but it allows you to be able to at least get on that spectrum mm-hmm. and get equipped and ready to go into humble yourself and learn from right. people to be able to engage that language that just doesn't make any sense. You can sit down with that person and start asking questions. And if you know how to ask the right questions, that that's one big thing about education is, is a, a good education will teach you how to learn. Yeah, And I think that that's something that we've really forgotten because we just think that education is a bunch of facts that if you just eat this much, of this knowledge and these facts that you'll just be smart. And that's just not true. You could read all the books in the world, but if you haven't been trained how to learn and how to consume and what to do with that, then it's just going to bring you fatigue. It's not going to exercise you and make you stronger. It's just actually going to make you extremely exhausted and probably make you give up.
0: Yep, exactly. And you talked about humility there. I think we should touch on that because I was thinking it takes a lot of humility – to leave the cave that we're in and to know a better life. And that's kind of Plato's coming out of the cave. You may have heard this before, but he basically talks about um, the awakening of knowledge and what these people are chained to the cave mm. wall and they're looking at the wall and all they see is the shadows. I was thinking today, they're, those are real right? Like the shadows are, like shadows are shadows. (laughs) Like that's, they're seeing something, but they're not seeing the full reality. They're seeing the
1: shadow of the reality. Yeah.
0: They're seeing the shadow of the reality. So it's only when they come out of the cave that they,
1: it's like the shape or the negation of the reality is what it really is. It's it's not so much that what they are seeing is real in the sense that that's the whole picture. that's That's the whole point is that you're not getting the reality of what the whole situation is. You're getting a projection of what it is. And it's not false, but it doesn't give you what what what's actually going on.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. And the coming out of the cave is just completely getting out of that whole situation. It's, it's unchaining those people from the wall, pulling them out. And at first they realize, Oh my goodness, what I've been seeing all along these shadows, I thought that that was real. Mm -hmm. And what they realize is that it's just, fire, making shadows, and people giving them a false reality. And that's that's kind of the first awakening that, wow, I can't believe that. But then once they get out of the cave and into, like, true reality, the cave is, of course, dark, pitch dark. You don't have any real light. You don't have the sun. You have artificial right. light. So the coming out of the cave is extremely painful. And a lot of mm-hmm. times the, the person doesn't want to come out of the cave. Yeah. The cave is comfy. The cave is all he knows and everything that he's ever known can get challenged when you get pulled out when he gets pulled out of the cave so that's really what education is in the classical sense it's that being ready to have everything that you know challenged but once you get to that point and you get out of the ground and you look up at the sun you get to move forward you get to at that point confront reality and then you can build up answers. Then you can build up the logic. Then you can build up how to communicate what you've just seen. Mm-hmm. And then your job is to go back down to the cave and to grab others. Yeah.
0: And it's like the Croods movie. Have you watched that with the Nora? No, I haven't watched that. Okay. Well, it's like a new age, um, like the new age Croods. They're like coming, they are like, that's literally what it is. They're coming out of this cave and they stay in this cave. Um, and it's the dad that's leading the family and the dad is leading the family out of fear because he knows that when he comes out of the cave, everything out there is scary. Yeah. So um, they only go out of the cave when they absolutely have to. And then they go back in the cave. And the whole movie is them coming out of the cave and getting further and further away from the cave to a new land.
1: Interesting. Yeah, yeah so I'll you watch should
0: that. watch that movie. And likes it. The Croods, I think is what it is. Um, anyway, it's a, good, it's, it's a good little show for kids, too. And you can kind of use some things and talk to them about it. But it does, it takes a lot of humility and a lot of bravery to come out of the cave. And the younger you do this, the easier it's going to be. <laughs> um, so I don't know what age groups we have listening to our podcast, but basically just in your head, making the, the first step is just saying, okay, I'm going to be humble enough To remain teachable, like be humble enough to say, I know I don't know everything about everything and to move forward. And I don't know in what sort of direction you want to go. We are going to try to encourage you to go in the classical sort of direction and give you resources there in the coming podcasts. But yeah, we just want to see more people awakened to this. And it definitely takes some humility to do that and some teachableness, and that's hard because we aren't given to that as humans. Right. We're given to pride, so it will be a, a constant fight for us. Um, So I guess we can just kind of talk about how do we remain teachable and how do we value education, because I think that's crucial.
1: Uh, so how do you remain yeah. teachable? I think that you remain teachable by being willing to encounter reality i mean you have to be able to confront it but once you do confront it it's it's going to pretty much put you in a position to where you have to make a decision and once you encounter the reality the reality is is that you're going to be hit with overwhelming truths you're going to be hit with breathtaking beauty and energized by the goodness of a situation and when you're encountering that, it's going to place you in a kind of a chokehold. Like you're going to have to <laughs> have to do something at that point. You're going to have yeah. to either admit that it's right or fight until it kills you. So being ready to confront reality, I think is one way that we remain teachable because if you put, your, put yourself in a place to encounter it, it's going to take hold of you and you're going to have to make a decision. So in other words, a, a true education doesn't just leave you to figure out what's right you are drawn out into the light, the truth, and you must confront the reality of the things around you. You can't, uh, if you can disprove them, then great, but the ball's in your court, really. Um, All of human history and the tradition of learning that we have does not have to prove itself to you. You have to prove yourself to it. If you think something's wrong, at that point, the burden of proof is on you.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking... Of some practical ways to remain teachable unless you had something else to add to that
1: practical way to do that would probably be read books that are outside your comfort zone
0: yeah take That's... courses yeah take i courses. was thinking like um so mason's in seminary right now at knox theological seminary and he's taken some classical philosophical courses and knox puts is it all of their lectures on podcasts not all of them no. just a few Well, the ones that are free that Mason thinks that I'd be interested in, he'll send me. And um, so I took that Plato and Augustine class and um, a sweet man at our church just sent me a, I can't remember, I think it's classical literature. It's a course. I'd have to look at where it's from. But basically there's all sorts of free courses out there. So um, if you don't know where to start... Talk to people, figure out where they went to school and what's good because not just anywhere is going to give you a good um, education.
1: Yeah, and read. Um, I, mean, I think it's important to read primary sources too, not secondary sources. Yeah.
0: The so, new fad books aren't typically... I like reading them, I do. Right, But they're... if you're wanting to learn about a certain topic, primary sources are...
1: Yeah, but I think, yeah, what I meant by primary sources, (coughs) is read the actual classics. Like, if you want to learn about Plato, don't go read a book about Plato, go read the Republic. Yeah. And yeah, take
0: a course along with it. So it's not so hard or talk to someone who has because it can be daunting.
1: It can. But I think it's important too to encounter and interact with the actual big dogs. Like, yeah, if you want to learn about C.S. Lewis and his thought read C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Don't.
0: Lewis is not hard to read. No
1: he's not. A lot of people and think I don't he think is. Plata, I don't think Plato's that hard to read. I don't think
0: Plato is that hard. I didn't read all of the Republic. He's very out, but... readable. Yeah.
1: Um, and people just get scared of it because it's so old right. but a, a lot of the the big works that are so scary to people if they just sat down and read them I think that they would find that one these people have something to say. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, if they didn't have something to say, their books wouldn't still be around.
0: And we want it still be what you'll find other people are writing is ripoffs of that. You know what I mean? there's There's nothing new under the sun. Um, and we should give credit where credit's due. But at the same time, there's probably someone in some place of the world saying practically the same things I'm saying right now. Like, that's just like, we're all there's just not that, like,
1: we're not that creative, okay? If the Croods are still making books about Plato's analogy of the cave, and that's thousands of years old, it's probably worth (laughs) reading, and it's probably readable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so those are some practical ways. I'm trying to think. Podcasts are a good thing to, you can do, you know, listening to books if you can't.
1: You can overdo it with podcasts, too. You can. Um, I think that, that podcasts are, like, the problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and here we are.
1: <laughs> but seriously, I think that, that I think that so many people just consume podcasts like candy and they've ate so much that they're just sick and they don't even mm-hmm. know what to do with all the stuff they just took in. Yeah. Um and I think that we need to be a lot more contemplative with the things that we're intaking um So that's not to tell you guys to stop listening to the podcast, (laughs) but I think that is one thing where where people listen to podcasts. I think that they think that they're growing in their knowledge and understanding just because something is going in their ear, and they think that they're getting filled up when they're not actually confronting and um, wrestling with a lot of the stuff. It kind of goes in one ear and maybe rolls around the brain a couple times, but then it's out the other ear pretty quick. And one thing that is really valuable is just sitting down with an old book and Mm -hmm. just trying to figure out what the person's actually saying instead of just trying to get through season one of this podcast so you can say, I slammed that down, I finished that. And you think in your mind, you check the box off. I learned everything that there was to learn from that. No, you didn't. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you didn't catch. You need to listen to those probably a couple times. Um, and you can do that with podcasts The the podcast Brie were, was talking about that Knox offers for free. And we'll, I'll probably link those in the podcast.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to, again, I'd like to share these resources throughout the month in some way, shape or fashion. But anything we talk about on this podcast, we'll link in the show notes. I make yeah. like notes now. Anyway,
1: that, that podcast, I've listened to that literally three times and there's like 60, I think 64 episodes. So it's a lot of stuff, and I still feel like I could go back today and listen to them all over again and probably learn twice as much.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is, like, you sent me those same podcasts. I listened to those, and I learned a lot, but it's not the same as when I sit down with a good book on classical education or – You know, like if I'm listening to a podcast on one topic, but I'm also reading a book on that topic, I'm learning way more by reading the book than I am from listening to the podcast. And honestly, it takes probably just as long to read as it does to listen. Um, You can grow in that, too. You can become a faster reader. The more you read, the faster you'll be. But it doesn't take as long as we think it does to read a book. Just read a chapter a day and depending on how long the book is, you can be through it in a month. Okay, so some other things that I wanted to kind of just touch on with the practicality is just being an example to your kids, showing them that you love learning and being willing to um, learn along with them. There's been a lot of times mm-hmm. where Anora has, she's my oldest, so I bet we talk about her a lot because the other two are still learning to talk and <laughs> um, not quite communicating as much. But Anora is a great communicator, and there's been plenty of times where she's, told me like, mom, that bird is this, like we'll be listening to birds and she'll be telling me what that bird is. Or she'll tell, she told me the other day, that's a female cardinal mom. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so she's just always teaching me things. And I think it's good to let our children see that we are still being taught even as the primary teacher of their life. Um, And to also let them know we're wrong. Um, or like mommy was wrong, daddy was wrong, or I don't know, you know, let's Google it, let's research. And that teaches them that they also need to be teachable, that they don't know it all. We tell Nora very often that she's smart, but now we're having to tell her you don't know everything (laughs) because we've told her she's smart too often, I think.
1: (laughs) Right. To the point where she's four years old and we (laughs) are studying the Bible together and learning about the flood and Genesis and she's questioning the justice of God
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) yeah so cultivate that and also cultivate a love for learning I think a good way to enjoy learning and to enjoy education is to have a good teacher and maybe you didn't have that growing up and so you don't like education for that reason or you're not interested in learning now because maybe your parents weren't into it maybe your teachers weren't into it and you just didn't have a good teacher. But be that for your kids. Be that in the home. Whether you are homeschooling them or sending them to um, a school, it doesn't matter. You are primarily responsible for their education. And if you love learning and you're a good teacher to them, they're going to love learning as well. Yeah. They're going to grow in that. I like to quote from Bortons out of the book The Core. We recommend that book. We'll link that in the show notes as well. I'll write that down now. The Core is a book on classical education, and Bortons is the founder of Classical Conversations, if you know anything about that. And in the book, she says, through knowledge and understanding, we get wisdom and virtue. There's another quote here, too, out of Turley's book. And I would recommend this as well, Awakening Wonder, a classical guide to truth, goodness, and beauty. It's Stephen R. Turley. This one is probably one of my top recommendations. We'll talk about this a lot, this book a lot, probably, in our classical, why classical education is important podcast. But he says, knowledge involves the temporal world, while wisdom involves eternal reality. And I talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, that, you know, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so education, we've talked about how education is vitally important to us as individuals, making us whole, free human beings. Um, helping us to just be content in who we are and to be the best self we can be, but then also to take that out to the polis, as Mason was saying, to the city, to the circle of influence around us to help make a good city and a just and virtuous city. And not only that, but not just in this temporary world, but in our eternal world. So all of this is preparing us for our eternal haven, our eternal rest with Christ. And so it's all sanctification, and it's all pointing us to that. And wisdom kind of involves that eternal reality. And I had Colossians 2, 3 put down here. Let's see if I can find that.
1: The difference in wisdom and knowledge is not that they're completely two different things. No, not at all. Wisdom is just more so down the road that knowledge or wisdom is knowledge applied. Like it's, it's knowing how to use knowledge and putting it to work and integrating it into the self and into the community. So yeah, everything you just said.
0: Yeah. I just had Colossians two, three down because it talks about in Christ in whom are all hidden all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge and so in order in order to get true knowledge that will point you to true wisdom it's going to be found in Christ you know and
1: right which kind of leads to the question why is yep. christian education important what's yep. what's the difference in education and christian education
0: what is the difference
1: well i mean <laughs> the difference is that what you just said, if if truth and wisdom and justice all of that is found in Christ, then that reorients the soul towards one particular being and that is Christ. It's not so much a general idea of uh, something it really focuses in on one true eternal, man and it's Christ Jesus. I mean, the scriptures are very clear about who Jesus is. So it's important to come at education from a Christian standpoint because scripture reveals and all of creation reveals that Christ is true reality. So the scripture says Christ is the light of the world. What that means is that Christ is the illumination. He Mm -hmm. is the meaning. He is the purpose. He is the center of all reality. And it also says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're going to find any meaning in life, if you're going to educate yourself and move from becoming towards being, you have to move towards the true being, towards Christ, towards the true center of all reality. Everything revolves around who Christ is, and if you miss that, then you miss the true center, and if you miss the true center, you're never going to get the just city, and in scripture, the just city really just becomes the heavenly city, right, so yeah. the, the city of man is Babel, Babel is uh, disoriented, they are, they have their goals and their plans in mind, and they are building a city to basically show their own power. Yeah. And
0: Again, you see pride. And pride, yeah. It's yeah. all
1: centered on pride. And the story of the scripture is basically just God saying, no, you guys aren't as great as you think you are. Yeah. It's us realizing that God is the purpose and that our cities have to be built around the true king. It mm-hmm. has to be built around Christ. We are not kings. We are not the king at all. We have to recognize that Christ is the king and he rules and he reigns and he reigns through us. He uses us. We get to be a part of that great city. He uses us to build the kingdom and it says that we are we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are embodying him and we are partakers even of the divine nature as it says. Yeah. Um, so there's a real participation in who God is, but if you don't have Christ at the center of reality, you're misguided and you're going in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah. I think it's important to to just keep in mind that there's really no such thing as being stagnant. So you're either moving closer towards God or you're moving farther away from Him when it comes to your education. And I think this is where a lot of people get scared because they see that education is powerful. But just because it's powerful doesn't mean it makes you good. And so if it's not a Christian education, yeah, that power can be used for evil and it can it can turn the hearts of men. Um, So this is why having a Christian education is so important because we want to be growing closer to God, not further away from him. And I think something that's really neat about Christianity in and of itself, like if you compare it to Buddhism and pretty much any other religion, our religion... Christianity is actually based on history. It's based on education rather than being self-reflective mm-hmm. and looking to yourself. And I think Turley actually talks about this. I think I should have got his quote. It's probably says it way better than me. Um, but our, our faith, our religion is based on history. It's based on a person. It's based on... I mean, you, it's not just the Bible that backs it up. It's so many other things that back up what we right. believe. And it's based on a man who came. And it, you don't look to yourself for, its, for your beliefs and your opinions. You're looking to Christ. Right,
1: yeah. The cool thing about Christian education <laughs> is that it isn't removed from the great tradition. Yeah. When it comes to what has happened in all of history... What do we know about knowledge? What do we know about ontology, epistemology, all of that? Christianity gets dropped in the middle of that. And it's something that you have to confront within that scope of reality that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So the non-Christian, guess what? That's that's something that they have to confront. Right. The, the fact that Jesus came. There's very, very few people that actually believe that Jesus just never existed. Yeah. It, it's almost impossible to argue that there are some people that argue it but they're crazy so so the the reality is is christ came and this is where c.s lewis's trilemma really comes in handy because christ existed he was a person we have historical accounts of who he is and what he has done and what he said the things he did the even the resurrection the death the burial the resurrection all of that we have that and you have to confront that you have, right. to, you have to give your say on it. You have to let that wrestle in your mind. And, and again, his, there's
0: no such thing as being stagnant there. Right. You, you have to, you know, like. Because Christ
1: existed, you have the trilemma that C.S. Lewis says. Either Christ is a lunatic, or he's a liar, or he's Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, those are really your only options. Because the things he said, only a lunatic would say them unless yeah. he was God. Right. Unless he was true reality
0: so just to it, say he's a good person. I mean really work. really think about that. You know what I mean? Like really think about that. No. Right. <laughs> it that that is a terrible argument. You he, know? he
1: was a good person, but he wasn't just a he good person. He wasn't
0: just a good person. Because
1: you can't you can't be a good person and say the things he did, make yeah. the claims that he did. He was making outlandish claims. So he's either crazy or he's lying about the things he said, which makes him not a good person, or he's true. Yeah. He is what he said he was. And all of history has been oriented around him. Even our calendar has -hmm. been oriented around him, what he did, what he said, who he was in his work. And that's the story of creation. It's the story of history. It's the story of everything. It all revolves around Christ. And if you want to argue with that, you can, but you have a lot to argue with.
0: And that's the story that we want to give to our home. That's the story that we want our home to tell. And so as Christians, education is very important for us to grow, for us to defend our faith, for us to pass on. Is it Deuteronomy? Yeah, Deuteronomy 6, 7, or 6, 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might— And these words that I command today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This should be what we're living in our homes. And I have so many scriptures here, guys, talking about knowledge. For those who just think, you know, knowledge isn't that important, you know, it's just—it's not that important. I've got my Bible. I don't need to—to to do much more than that.
1: You think belief is the main thing?
0: Yeah, that belief is the main thing. And yeah, I mean, knowledge—knowledge knowledge doesn't save you. No, <laughs> we're not saying that. But it is important. And here are some scriptures just to prove that. Proverbs twenty four five: A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. Habakkuk two fourteen: For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. John 8:32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hmm. Proverbs 1:22. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing, and fools hate knowledge? Proverbs. Yeah. Proverbs one five. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. The Proverbs are full of it. I mean, they're full of wisdom and knowledge. And you can't read the Proverbs and walk away saying that knowledge isn't important and that education isn't important. You can, but you're the
1: fool. <laughs> right. You're the <laughs>
0: fool that the Proverbs is talking about. Well, I'd like to end with this quote out of Turley's book here he says our task as educators is nothing less than to awaken students to the self-replenishing fountain of indescribable delights of a new creation in christ to give them the gift of the freedom to be human again and in so doing to watch their lives blossom into rational poetic worshipers of god and through their lives to get a taste of what life will be like when christ returns when god will be all in all this is our calling and it is beautiful This month's giveaway is brought to you by Billy Buttons. Billy Buttons is a small dried and preserved flower business based out of Southern Illinois. Abby Finton is its founder and she was inspired by all the beautiful dried flower trends that were popping up during her time in Australia. This month she is giving away a small bundle full of bright pinks, yellows, and neutrals, which is perfect for midsummer decorations. I personally am a huge fan of dried florals because you can't kill them, they last forever. And you can rearrange them and put them in different spots in your house. So if you'd like to enter this month's giveaway, please go to our Instagram, house to home. Follow the prompts on our giveaway post. Be sure that you're following us and Billy Buttons. And happy winning.